are on a mission to help lawyers and law firm owners maximize wealth and achieve financial independence. Welcome to The Lawyer Millionaire with Darren Words from Words Financial Services. In this podcast, we will help you build wealth, minimize your taxes, and plan for retirement with money management strategies designed for the legal profession. Join us in this journey where we help you manage your money so you can make the most of your future. Start feeling confident in knowing you are well prepared for retirement and on track to financial independence. Now on to the show. You've done it. You're starting your own law firm. Congratulations. Uh, but wait, have you crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's in setting up that practice? Making the effort now could make a huge difference going forward. Your host, Darren Wirtz, makes some critical suggestions in this episode. I'm Patrice Sikora. And Darren, I love your first point. Start with the end in mind. What do you mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is great advice in general. When you start, if you're launching out on your own to start your own practice, start thinking about what that practice is going to look like 20 years from now. Um, you are building a business. So, and I know that, you know, when you when you initially start out, you're just thinking about trying to make a buck, you know, <laughs> where's my first client going to come from? You know, trying to keep the lights on. And, and that sort of thing. And that's really important, but you need to do some strategic planning. Uh, when I do strategic planning for my business, I do this once a year. I sit down and I think very specifically about where I want the business to be five years from now and 10 years from now. And that's really important. But the other really important thing is you are building a business and that business is an asset. You know, you're not just, uh, this isn't just another phase of your career, although it certainly is, you know, and, and there's a lot that's attractive in working for yourself. I know that firsthand, <laughs> um, having that flexibility, being able to set your own hours, working as your own boss, you know, those are really attractive things, but you are actually investing in something. You are building an asset. And one day, you might be able to sell that asset. You might be able to sell your law practice and get some value for all that hard work and uh, money that you put into building it. So think about that. Think about the possibility that one day you may actually sell this practice as part of your retirement plan. And that could be a really big part of your retirement strategy. You know, in, in selling the practice, or, or maybe selling your share of the practice, it's what from what I when I talk with attorneys, I don't find that that's something that a lot of people are thinking about, but it is really critical. And there are some things that you can do early on as you're starting this business that will enable you to sell it. So you, as you're thinking about your business, as you're getting started. There are some things you can do that will strategically position you in the best way to be able to sell that practice. One of those things is your, your name, the name of your firm. So think very carefully about the name that you choose. For most attorneys, they choose a name that has their name in it. <laughs> Why and not? I, what's that? Why not? Absolutely. Why not? You know, and, and this is something that I did myself. So my business is Wirtz Financial Services, you know, and that's just what I thought was best at the time. And that may work very well 
Um, for attorneys, sometimes it's even more specific. You know, if I was starting a law firm, it might be something like uh, Darren Wirtz, attorney at law, <laughs> you know, something like that. Okay, so think about this, Patrice. How do you sell a business that's called Darren Wirtz, attorney at law when Darren Wirtz retires? Uh, very good point. And, <laughs> and you're going to have to go through, wow, not just changing the name, but you're going to have to re-educate everybody who uses you. Right. So there's a, you're, you're going to have to maybe rebrand, right? Yeah, Change your yeah. whole name. And that's, there's a lot of work that's going to go into that. That's going to be very difficult to do. So maybe start with something that's a little bit more generic. Now, there are some places in the country where you can use a, um, a, a trade name. So it could be, you know, Covington attorneys or, um, you know, family law something. You know what I mean? It could be something that's more generic, uh, mm -hmm. something that is doesn't include your name, but that's not the case. All So that would be what I would recommend first is that you, you pick a name that's going to be fairly generic, but it's going to describe what you do and maybe not have your name in it so that it is something that is more easy to sell. Someone might be wanna, more interested. But don't you want to stand out? Well, yeah. <laughs> so then think about your branding. So you know, what kind of, how does that name relate to your branding? You know, it could be um, what you're good at, what you specialize in, um, what really makes your firm unique. There are a lot of things that make your firm unique other than your name. So think about those kinds of things in determining what kind of name you want to have for your brand. And, and then, you know, that's going to be something that someone is going to be more interested in purchasing. Now, if you are in a jurisdiction where maybe you can't use a trade name. And there are certain places in the country where you have to use your name. Well, there's some ways that you could get around it. You know, maybe just use your last name. So maybe my firm would be called Wirtz and Associates or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that has my name in it, but it has the potential to be a little bit more generic and maybe a little bit more sellable. And then lastly, oh, sorry, go ahead, Patrice. I was just going to say, well, what if you put a tagline in there? Words and yeah, associates, absolutely. you know, attorneys at law specialty or, you know, the people you want to come and talk to. For sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, and, and that ties into my next point, which is think about the branding. So, you know, don't just start with trying to get, you know, of course you want to get your clients, but think very carefully early on about what kind of brand you want to have. And don't be afraid that brand can evolve over time and it can change. My brand has changed over time. You know, I started with the tagline, plan with care, live with courage. And then that kind of morphed into the lawyer millionaire. And so, you know, that's okay. But changing your name later on down the road and rebranding can be a very difficult and tedious process. So, you know, if you're, you want to think, hey, this is an asset I can sell. And I want to think about how do I want to name it and brand it so it can be an asset that someone in the future wants to buy. That is key because, you, as you say, that is the end that you have in mind. But now this is, a, this is a business that you're setting up. You've got to run it like a business. It's not a mom and pop operation. It's a business. Talk about that. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you know, I um, started my career as a teacher, as I've shared before. And teachers have a kind of a unique uh, feeling about the profession in that they want to be viewed as professionals. 
And I think the same thing is very true of attorneys. Attorneys want to be viewed as professionals, and they very much are viewed as professionals. But sometimes attorneys are a little bit scared of operating as a business, you know, for the purpose of maximizing profit. You know, it doesn't feel right that I should run my law firm with the purpose, the goal of maximizing the bottom line, right? I'm a professional. I am, am trying to do something that's maybe a little bit more elevated. But there, I want to encourage you, there's nothing wrong with running it like a business. There's nothing you need to feel guilty about. Doctors run their practices to maximize profit and they're professionals too. So don't be afraid of making that your aim and doing everything you can to make your business efficient, to make it profitable. And you know what? By doing that, you're going to be doing the best by your clients. You know, if you have an efficient, well-run business that serves, it's going to serve your clients better. Your clients are going to be happier. They're going to have greater satisfaction. You're going to have greater outcomes, greater and better results. The other thing, as you're starting your business, you deserve to get paid. So just know that, you know, and, and believe that you deserve to get paid for the work that you do. Uh, don't work for free. Make sure you're charging what you're worth. Make sure you're charging what you feel is the value that you bring to your clients and operate your business like a firm, you know, operate your mm -hmm. firm like a business. I made this mistake myself early on and it's easy to do, you know, in, in a financial planning business is very similar to a law practice. You're trying to obtain clients. And so maybe there are some services that you offer for free. Maybe there's a free financial plan or something like that to try to get clients in the door. And some of that's okay, but you got to be careful that you're not giving away too much. So run it like a business is no shame in that and maximize your profits. You say charge what you're worth. How do you know what you should be charging? Well, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, you know, think about what the value is uh, of, you know, your time and, and charge it accordingly. You know, attorneys are very good at this because they keep track of time. You know, you, you keep track of how much how many hours you spend on a project, on a client, and you can know what your billable rate is and things like that. And if, if you're starting a practice later in life, you know, maybe as a, as a later move in your career um, or a mid-career move, you know, you know what that rate is. So you know what you're supposed to be charging. Uh, look at the competition, you know, mm -hmm. uh, look at what other attorneys are charging, you know, and see what's out there in the landscape, be competitive but make sure you're charging enough. And we have this thing called inflation that's happening right now. So attorneys everywhere need to probably be raising their rates to keep pace with inflation. So think about that. You know, your rates actually should increase over time. You're becoming a better attorney over time. You're gaining more experience and the value of a dollar is going down over time. So naturally your rates should increase over time. That is a hard thing to do, I would expect. It can be. Yeah. Yes. All right. So you've got your business, you've set it up, you're running it like a business, but do you have the proper form of business? Is it an LLC? Is it an S Corp, a C Corp? Talk to me about the differences that can make. Absolutely. So there's a lot of different types of businesses that you, uh, business structures that you could choose. 
The simplest type of structure is perhaps a sole proprietorship, um, but there are more advanced structures. And if you can start off the right way, then you don't have to go through the difficulty of changing things around later on. So uh, be careful about how you set up your business. I think for most firms, that's going to be an LLC filing as an S-corp. Uh, usually that's going to be the best type of arrangement for you. And a lot of law firms are arranged that way. There are um, sometimes restrictions on what kind of business form your firm can take. In some jurisdictions, they have to be a specific type of firm. Um, sometimes that's a PLLC or an LLP, um, something like that. But those are similar to the LLC in, in that they operate kind of the same way. And then you can file as an S-corp. And there's a really powerful reason for that. If you operate as a sole proprietor, you pay what's called self-employment taxes, which means you pay twice the Medicare and Social Security taxes. So the way Medicare and Social Security tax works is usually you pay half and your employer pays half. When you're self-employed, you pay the whole kit and caboodle and it's like 15 some percent. So that's a lot. That's a, that's a yeah, big that chunk of change. Yeah. <laughs> so what you can do is if you're filing as an S corp, you can pay yourself a salary of say a certain amount of your income and then any income over and above that you can pay yourself as what's called a distribution. Now, the beautiful thing about that is you'll only have to pay social security and Medicare taxes on your salary, and you will not have to pay those taxes on the distribution portion. So basically, you can shield a portion of your income from those self-employment taxes, and that becomes a really nice strategy. And this is a reason to have a financial advisor. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. You've got, I think this is a mistake that a lot of people who have their own business make. They mix their dollars. They mix their finances, business and personal. Talk mm -hmm. to me about how you really should not be doing that. You are absolutely correct, Patrice. This is um, a very easy mistake to make. Thankfully, you know, when I started my business, I was pretty good about keeping things separate. And I think that really helped me uh, logistically to keep things, you know, in the right space in my brain. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of reasons for this. And it's really, really important um, you know, it can be tempting to just jump right in and worry about those kind of things later on, how you're going to do your accounting and things like that. I know you want to be profitable. You're trying to hit the ground running. You're trying to get clients. You're trying to run a business. You're trying to do your work and you've got a lot of things on your plate, but you know what? You're going to save yourself a huge headache now if you separate those business and personal finances from the start. So what does that look like? Well, what you want to do is you want to have separate bank accounts. It's probably the most basic thing, right? Have a business bank account separate from your personal bank account. If you use a credit card for buying things for your business, have a separate credit card for the business. There's a lot of reasons why this is smart. Number one, you know, just in your brain, making sure you're understanding things. You're not going to know if you're profitable, if everything's mixed together. So it, it helps you really understand if things are being profitable for you. And then, and then you can do your accounting a lot more 
easily, you know, instead of at the year going at the end of the year, going through all of your personal transactions and trying to separate everything out, which is just a royal pain, you know, if you already have them separated, you already are a mile ahead of everything. So, and actually what you can do is you can use a program to track those expenses. Um, I use Mint for my personal stuff. And then I use a program called Wave Apps for my business, or maybe use Quicken or something like that. And that way you can just keep track of things as time goes on in real time, rather than you know looking back at it at the end of the year. The other really critical thing is, you know, you have to establish some discipline early on in paying yourself. This is really important, especially because in the legal profession, you have these huge ups and downs potentially in your income. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a great month and you have a terrible month. And so what happens is you get this sudden inflow of clients and money, and then you spend a lot of money. And, you know, then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, where's all the money? <laughs> That's a very real problem. And I was actually talking with an attorney last week who's, who has um, just started his own practice. Um, he's about, he's a couple of years in and he's in that boom and bust cycle. And it's really, really tough. Uh, to manage. And, and so I recommended to him, hey, have a separate business banking account. And then from that bank account, pay yourself a steady income. Instead of, you know, as soon as you get income paying yourself, set up an automatic, here's what I get paid, even if that's a small amount, to try to establish that regularity for yourself. For me, I started paying myself weekly. And by paying myself weekly, it helps me to have discipline in my personal finances. Mm -hmm. And that way I don't get too far ahead of myself. I know I have X amount of dollars to spend. This is how much I paid myself. And it really helps me stay on track of things. It's going to really help you stay away from racking up those credit cards and getting in that bad cycle. Absolutely. I, I, I certainly agree with that a whole 100%. I have found being a an independent contractor here, I got into the whole, oh, the money's here, I can do this with it. No, 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 no. I learned the hard way. Don't do that. Discipline yeah. is so important. Now, suppose a young lawyer or middle-aged lawyer, whoever they are, they've just started their practice, and they've gotten into the bad habits. How do you pull them back and say, no, 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 you got to think about it this way? Yeah, that's hard to do. You you know, you have to start by just kind of drawing a line in the sand. You know, maybe you've been using your credit cards to manage that cycle. So you just say, okay, here's the deal. We're just going to stop using the credit cards. And maybe we're going to start using the debit card. Mm -hmm. Because that way, I'm only spending money that I know I have. And I'm not going to charge any new expenses to the credit card. So that way, you keep yourself kind of from going into that negative cash flow <laughs> and increasing that credit card debt. Right. And then you can um, sort of set up a certain amount that you're going to pay on those credit cards as part of that budget. And that way you can just kind of slowly pay those down over time and not add to them. So that's the problem, right? You know, you're trying to pay your credit cards down, but you're adding to them at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's a really tough thing to do. So if you're really struggling, Pay yourself weekly, 
a certain amount and then just use your debit card or just use cash. And, and there's, a, there's a very psychologically important reason for this too. We're a lot more reluctant to spend real money that we actually have. That's so true. Yes. <laughs> it's something about um, we, we, we are more averse to losing you know, than we are to gaining. So it, it, losing something that I actually have, that, that really is a lot more fearful than gaining something else. So people are really, when they have real money that's involved and you're really thinking about it in terms of actual dollars that are mine, that are leaving my bank account, that helps you a lot. And when it comes to the cash, having those bills and you're handing them over to a surprised cashier who says, cash, we don't, you know, we don't have people in here with cash. It does psychologically you are giving away something that is yours whereas if you have a card and you just put it in the reader bingo you don't feel anything yeah. you don't see anything i don't need to worry about it i could pay yeah. it later you know exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly well all right this is great for yourself for your budget for your every day for your food your gasoline but we haven't talked about investments yes you know, as, as important as it, as it is to pay yourself regularly and set up your business the right way, early on from the beginning, you want to commit to putting money away. And I know that's hard. <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> you're starting out, you know, you don't have the money to put away. You're like, what money? You know, <laughs> you're just trying to make sure you don't, uh, end up adding too much to your credit cards. So it's important though, that you get started putting some money away early on. You know, there's a very real uh, power in investing called compounding and you don't want to miss out on that. And, you know, the earlier you start with investing, the better, you know, that's really the key to investing is to get started early and that time, the amount of time you have in the market, that's the only thing you control is how long you're invested and how early you get started. You can't control what the stock market does. You mm -hmm. can't control those kinds of things, but you can control how early you begin. You know, the stock market is going to do what it does, you know, <laughs> from As here on saying, out. Yes. <laughs> you can't change that, but you can change when you begin. And a lot of times people are scared because they're like, well, I don't have any money to invest. Just start small. It could, you could be ridiculously small. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I had a client, you know, it keeps pulling money out. And I said, okay, you need to just commit to putting money in. And I don't care how much it is, $10 a month. I mean, I really don't care. You just need to establish that discipline because guess what? You put $10 in a month, before you know it, you don't even know that $10 was there to begin with. You're not missing it anymore. It's just part of your cash flow. And then you can slowly increase that over time. But it can be very tempting to skip that completely. And I made that mistake myself starting my own business. I didn't, wasn't putting, you know, hey, the financial planner needs to take his own advice, right? <laughs> but I think that's um, the mindset of a new business owner too. Yes. You know, you've got one thing on your mind and that is survival. You know what I mean? Right. 
So, but you really have to start that discipline because if you don't, it's going to be that much harder to start it later on. The more you put it off, the more you're going to put it off. And then before you know it, it's been years and years and years, and you haven't put any money in your retirement accounts. So you've got to get it going, even if it's just a small amount. Now, here's a cool thing you can think about. With the attorneys I work with, um, when they're just starting out or they're in this kind of position, I tell them, just don't worry about you know, whether it's an IRA or a Roth IRA or a 401k, or don't worry about all that. We can figure that out later. Just set up a standard taxable brokerage account and add money to it. You know, we can worry about what kind of vehicle we want to put it in later, but just have some money going into something. And there's some cool things about a standard taxable brokerage account. One big thing is that it's completely accessible. You know, unlike a retirement account, you can go and get your money out if you need it. So if you really do have a true emergency, you can take it out if you really need it. But, you know, so it gives you some of that peace of mind, but it's going to maybe help you have the courage to go ahead and get started. So that's a very simple way to get started. And I know you're, you know, you might be very busy with other things on your mind. So you can just start there. Very simple, very easy. And then we can add sophistication later on. I like that thought. Add the sophistication later on. Yes. <laughs> just get the dirty work done first. Come on, people. Darren, are there any other thoughts here that we haven't touched on? You've gotten some great information out in the open here. Uh, is there anything else, though, that we might have missed? No, I think that's really the meat of it. You know, um, this may not be the technicals about, uh, you know, from a legal perspective, how to start a law firm, but for your own uh, success, for your own personal financial success, these are some things that you really need to think about. You know, starting with the, the end in mind, making sure you run it like a business, set it up right with the right business form, and make sure you're separating those personal and business finances from each other. And then making sure that you commit to paying yourself a regular salary and adding to your investments. I mean, those are really some of the keys that are really going to set you up for success um, later on. You know, some of the other things are marketing, you know, and making sure that you're doing a lot of the right uh, marketing strategies. This is not necessarily a podcast on marketing, but my dad, you know, has always said the key is just activity, making sure that you're staying active, that you're uh, getting out there in the community and networking, making sure that you're meeting folks and doing all of those things. You don't know where your business is going to come from. Mm -hmm. You just got to get out there and meet folks and, and make sure that you're, you're doing that. And that can be a really um, making sure that you keep that marketing cycle going can be a very good way to maybe help save yourself from that boom and bust cycle. So I know it's easy when, when uh, business is flowing to cut back on the marketing, to cut back in your networking and things like that but you got to keep doing it because you've got to maintain that pipeline of new business that's coming in. So um, that would be my other thing is, is don't neglect marketing when things are going well. Um, oh, and, and one other thing really key, you're going to go through some rough patches, you know, with your business, you know, starting out, you're going through a rough mm -hmm. patch probably. So build up some emergency reserves for not just yourself, 
That's very important, but also for your business. Um, you know, you get that sudden inflow of cash. Don't be so quick necessarily to spend it, A, or pay down all your debts. <laughs> you know, put it aside and make sure you have that rainy day fund uh, available to you, not just for yourself, but also for your business, because likely you are going to need it. How can listeners reach you, Darren? Well, the easiest way is just to go to the website. That's wurtzfinancialservices.com. And if you scroll to the bottom of the page, you'll see a link to my calendar and you can set up a time to talk with me. Uh, or you can just give my office a call at 859-291-9879. And your book. What's the latest on the book, The Lawyer Millionaire? Yeah, so very exciting. The Lawyer Millionaire is out now and available for you to purchase. Very exciting news. And it is available right now only at the American Bar Association uh, at their bookstore. So you can uh, check out the link in the show notes and go and get your copy. I want my signed copy. Not just a copy. <laughs> I want a signed copy. <laughs> For sure. It's on the way. All right. Darren Words, thanks so much. Everybody else, follow this podcast. It's also called The Lawyer Millionaire. And share with friends and colleagues. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to The Lawyer Millionaire. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to represent investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified investment or tax advisor with any questions you may have regarding your own financial circumstances. 